Welcome to the Soul Circle Podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Beltoff, and oh my goodness, I am grateful you're here with me and super excited because today I have my very first guest. Yes, this is such a big moment, and I am so grateful to get to share it with you. Today on this podcast, we have Christine Mason Miller. She is an author, an artist, and she has been guiding others towards a meaningful life for more than 25 years. Her experience with writing, publishing, licensing, and teaching have really established her as an experienced, compassionate authority on how to bring your dreams to life, particularly those related to writing and publishing a book. Christine is the author and artist and illustrator of six books. Each are distinct, unique, and they're incredible. Her most recent book, Notes from the Rocket, is now available with very limited copies. And we talk about that book today and so much more. And so without further ado, let's dive in to today's episode. All right. Welcome, everyone. I am here with the wonderful and amazing Christine Mason Miller. And Christine, I would just like to say thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. You are actually my very first guest, and I couldn't be more delighted for that. So thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. I'm so honored. I feel very special. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about when we had first met, and gosh, I don't even remember now the year that it was. It was so many years ago. Mm-hmm. at an art retreat where you were sharing your book, Ordinary Sparkling Moments. And the memory sits like so vivid in my head of being gathered in this cabin together. And you were telling the story about butterflies. I don't even remember the exact story, but I just picture like all these butterflies from the vision of you telling that story and just hearing you read from that book. And it was oh, just one of the most beautiful moments. And I'm just so grateful to have had that opportunity to meet you there and then to continue staying in touch throughout the years. And your book, That Ordinary Sparkling Moments, I share all the time in all my classes because so many of those words in there are so powerful and wonderful. Hmm, thank you so much. That It's a really vivid memory for me too. I mean, so many details of that evening just for so many reasons have stayed with me as well over the years. So I'm so happy that we got to share it. I know it was so great. <laughs> and even beyond that, cause you did something so special with that book that I've never seen anyone else do before where you sent out copies for people to leave randomly throughout the world for other strangers to find. And I had the opportunity to do that. And I remember it was after a crazy storm that we had here in New Jersey. And there was snow, there was not many people going out at the time, but like all of a sudden, like the sun had broke and there was this beautiful weather. And I'm like, you know what? Now's the time to go out and leave the book. And I went to this local park and I dropped it on this bench. And then I walked away because I didn't want to, you know, sit there and watch who was going to pick it up. And when I first walked back, it was still there. And I was like, oh, darn, like nobody picked it up. And then when I came back the second time, it was gone. Mm. And the woman who actually picked it up did reach out to you and say how she ended up sharing the book with her friend who was going through a hard time. And I just loved like 
the ripple effect that it created from me leaving it in this random park in New Jersey and someone else finding it and sharing with a friend. And I just love that you had that idea to, to get your book out there into the world. Like so incredible. Mm, thank you. It, I have no idea where that idea came from, but <laughs> it was so much fun, literally all over the world. These <sighs> books were left in Kenya and in South Korea and in Japan and all over Europe and Jordan. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy how many people, you know, cause I just kind of put the word out there and said, whoever wants to be a book fairy and leave yeah. these, leave a book wherever you want to leave it. And everyone was like, yes, I'll do it. And so it was this uh, wonderful exchange between me and the people who were willing to do this with the books and then between those individuals and and wherever they left them and maybe they had an experience with the person who found the book because sometimes that happened especially um like my friend gus left one in i think it was kenya in africa he he travels all over the world and he kind of watched you know, it's like this busy, hustling, bustling area. And he watched, I think the person who took, got the book, saw him put it somewhere. And Gus was explaining, he had this little kind of nonverbal exchange with this person, like, yes, it's for you. you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so that happened too. And, and then who knows where it went beyond that. And that's the other part of the the, the journey for all of these things that we do in the world, we really have no idea how far they travel. Oh, oh my gosh. There's so much truth of that. Right. And we never, even the tiniest things like smiling at a stranger, like that yes. also has like a ripple effect. Like it doesn't have to be this big That's right. thing. It's just the tiny moments in life where you make this connection. Yep. 100% agreed. What was interesting about the woman who found my book, she had also said that she walked past and was like, ah, is, is that really for me? Because you did write on the front of the package, like, this is for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. But it's like, <laughs> when you see something, you almost feel like, oh, is, is there a hidden camera? You know, is something right. going to happen? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> do, I, do I really pick this up? And she had said, I'm going to walk. And then if I come back and it's still here, I know it's for me. And when she came mm. back, it was still there. And I was like, yeah, totally for you. Mm. I love that. That's great. There's just so much magic in that, without a Mm -hmm. doubt. And now you have this new other amazing, incredible book out in the world, Notes from the Rocket, which I adore. And what I love about this book, it's the type of book that you don't have to read from beginning to end. It is really a book that you can pick up and turn to any page and be inspired. And I use it a lot in my morning routine when I sit in my altar, I do some writing, and then it's almost like, well, what message do I need to hear today? And I will turn to a page and read your words. And this is probably now your sixth book, if I'm correct. Um, Is that right? I think that's right. (laughs) Yes. That's so funny. I think that's right. Yes. Yes, it is. And all of your, your books are so different and unique in their own ways. And I would love just to hear, like, how did this one come to life? Like, where did the idea come from for this amazing book? Hmm, thank you. I, and I love the way that you use it. That's mm-hmm. that's was kind of my intention is that it, it just pick it up and read what you need to read. And hopefully that's exactly what what you need in that moment. It always is. Um, it's like magic. <laughs> I know. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, the idea for the book has been with me for many years because I 
like I wrote in the introduction to the book, I found this vintage typewriter in a little typewriter repair shop in Massachusetts, just happened to find it, typed a little something that day, put it on Instagram, and I was off and running. And that's how a lot of my projects start. I just kind of, something happens, and then I do something, and then I keep going. Mm -hmm. And even though I don't really know where it's going to take me, So I have hundreds of these little typewritten notes uh, that I've posted over the years. And like I said, all this time, I've thought I should do a book of these. I should do a book of these. And I kept having this mental block, especially over the last few years of, oh, if I, if I want to do this book, I have to relearn InDesign. I've got to get familiar with this software, blah, blah, blah. And then finally, I don't know why it took me so long to figure this out, but it finally hit me like, oh, I have a very dear friend who is a professional book designer (laughs) who has helped me with books in the past. And maybe I just need to hire her and make it all that much more fun to get to collaborate with her. So once Once that lightning bolt hit me, which just took way too long to hit me, (laughs) uh, I reached out to her immediately and we were off and running. So I, this, this came to me just earlier this year. And, you know, like I said, we hit the ground running and off we went. I love how you talk about like bringing this other person in to help you out because I think so often, and I, gosh, I'm doing this to myself, even with wanting to write a book, which I've been saying for years I want to do, but it's like, well, how do I actually do it? Like, what does it look like to like lay it out and do this all the pieces? And the same thing you're saying, like, do I go and need to learn InDesign? Do I have to learn about layouts and all this stuff? And it's like, no, sometimes we can just ask for help and get like the experts in that field. We don't have to do it all. That's right. Isn't it crazy how it can, it can be such a block for all of us, Mm -hmm. all of us. And it really does. It like stops us in our tracks and we make it so much harder than it has to be. And like so you true. inviting your friend in and then it becomes way more fun of a project to even do. Right. Right. It's so much fun. And then I get to support her business. Yeah. You know, it's all all of this, this exchange of energy and this flow. That's that's what I love to do. Mm-hmm. Now, you did something so unique, too, is you chose to self-publish this book. And I'm curious, what was your thought behind wanting to self-publish rather than publish it in another way? Well, as you know, I self-published Ordinary Sparkling Moments. Mm-hmm. And that that decision was made in 2007. There, like back then... <laughs> No one was doing was, that. No one was doing it. There was blurb, you know, and the books cost like $30 each if you, you know, so there were a couple of platforms, but no, no one was, it wasn't a thing self-publishing. And so that, that experience, I just, I loved it. I loved doing it. I did do that all myself from beginning to end. And after that, I worked with a publisher for Desire to Inspire. That was also wonderful and fun in its own way. But when I thought about each of those experiences, I was like, you know, I actually like the technical aspect of getting a book printed and picking out the paper and, and all of those things. Um, So it's what I've done since then. I self-published my memoir. Mm -hmm. I self-published a book, a 
few years ago about my travels to India. So I've just continued to do that. And what is a little bit different about this book is that in addition to self-publishing all these years, I've also sold my books through Amazon. Mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of get in your system and, and, and it works well enough. I'm not anti-Amazon or anything like that. But for this book, I just thought, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to sell on Amazon Mm -hmm. because I, I want to create a more personal exchange and, and I also want to change the conversation a little bit about this obsession that so many of us, myself included have about what's convenient. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to buy a book on Amazon anything, really, I want to buy something on Amazon. I'm a prime member. That means I bring it up. I swipe. I'm done. That's it. It's crazy. And that's fine. That's totally fine. But I'm an independent author. I'm publishing this book on my own. I don't really want to give, quite frankly, the bulk of my profits to Amazon for what? So that it can be a a wee bit easier for for other people to buy the book. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to make it hard to buy the book, but but what I'm asking is all you have to do is go to my website. I know that's a little more effort. You have to fill out a little more information. Like, I don't think that's such a huge thing, but, but, you know, we've been ever so slightly brainwashed into thinking, oh, I must do what will take the least amount of time and what will be the most um, convenient for people that really, people out there that really want to support independent artists and authors, go to their website, go to their website, buy it from them. That gives the artist and the author more profit That enables them to create more, to share more. Again, it's all about that exchange and that flow of goodness and love and and all of those wonderful things. So that that was one of the big departures for this book. It wasn't wasn't unique that I self-published, but it was unique that I said right off the bat, this is not going to be sold on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing because there is that deeper connection if you are going directly to the author's website, because now you're not just seeing like the Amazon page with just, you know, the cover of the book, you're seeing more into you as well, which is wonderful because you have your blog up there and you can read more about you. And for those who aren't familiar with you, like really get to know you. Right. And it's a whole other level than like you said, you, you can buy something on Amazon in two seconds and it's like at your door. Right. But there's no personal connection with that. That's right. It's totally missing. Mm-hmm. And yep. you took it to the next level with adding so many personal touches to the book as well. Can you talk a little bit about that and where that idea even came from? It, it, it came from the decision to not sell on Amazon. I, mm-hmm. again, wanting to create that exchange um, and creates a special experience for people who are buying the book. So I said, I'm going to tuck these little embellishments within the pages of the book. So every single book is literally 100% unique. Mm. And because I just, I, I love little stuff like that. Um, I love the details. I love adding all of those little special touches. I love the idea that when I put your book together and packaged your book, 
I knew it was for you mm-hmm. and, you know, could write a little note on the invoice and yeah. And, and again, I am asking a little bit more of people, you need to come to my website. So I'm going to do my best to make that 100% worthwhile for you. Ah, oh, and it's like such an experience now to hold your book because it does have those little pieces throughout and you don't know what's in there. You know, and I turn to a page and there's a beautiful pressed flower in it or a little piece of string or even like a handwritten note. And you're like, oh, this is amazing. And it just takes it so much deeper where you want to spend more time with the book to explore it and see what's in it, which I love so much. Mm, Thank you. Yeah, it's it's been really fun to put them together. It's interesting too, because you, I just feel like you're magic because you have this ability to take like an ordinary postcard and make it look so beautiful. Just even Mm. like with your handwriting, you will take like the smallest of things and all of a sudden they're magical. Have you always been like this creative and able to kind of create magic out of ordinary pieces? I, I think so. I mean, yeah. I mean, (laughs) here's a goofy example, but when I was in seventh grade, I used to draw little doodles on pillowcases of all things, you know, like with a Bic marker for my friends, which of course you could never wash. (laughs) And when you sleep on it, if you drool, you know, the ink smears and, but I've always had it in, in me to be creative and, um, yeah, to just be creative. And I'm trying to think of, of like where this, this piece of really loving the details. Um, I don't know that I have a distinct memory of kind of getting that about myself, but I think it's just always been in me. And, you know, every year, um, that I live, I just, it, uh, I I really want to find and notice and appreciate and create beauty as much as I can everywhere, everywhere. I want to try to create something beautiful, something surprising, something a little bit inspiring. I love that. And I love how it doesn't have to be this huge grand thing. It can be from the smallest of things, like even the way flowers are arranged on a table. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. It can be the simplest of things. Mm-hmm. It's magic. What about writing? Like, were you always drawn to words and writing or did that come later in life? I would say that came later in life. That came, well, right around the time that I did Ordinary Sparkling Moments. That was the, I would call that book sort of the shift. Mm. And, and that was a book that had mixed media artwork and the writing. Um, it, you know, it started when I started a blog in 2004. I'll remember um, those days. <laughs> remember those days. <laughs> I know way back when. <laughs> yeah. It was like coming to someone's virtual porch. I loved it. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, gosh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I won't go down that road. I'll be talking for the next three hours. Um, <laughs> but that was when I really started developing a writing practice and I, I don't, I wouldn't have even called it that back then. It, I was just doing my blog. Yeah. Um, but there was something about that, that woke something up in me that was new. Mm-hmm. Uh, although it's funny now that I think about it, you know, when I had my line of greeting cards, 
people were always kind of surprised to find out I did the artwork and the sentiments. And I always found that kind of uh, curious that everyone's like, oh, you do the writing and the artwork. Like that just seemed to be this like thing of wonder to be. Uh (laughs) So I guess I did. They were just, they started off in very small nuggets, (laughs) the writing. Yeah. I remember, because I've always been drawn to words and like just the library was my best friend when, when I was a kid. But it was blogging too for me that kind of opened up this whole new world. And you're like, oh, I can now pair photographs, which I love to take with my words. And it started also getting me to write more and more. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what does your writing practice look like now? It is very hit or miss at the moment because there's there have been uh, some personal issues that, that I've been needing to give a lot of my attention to. Um, but the main way that I'm getting a good writing practice in is with Lori Wagner. Mm-hmm. She's uh, been a writing teacher for forever. I've known her for a long time. I've hosted a writing retreat at my house for her. You know, she, I just provided the space and she and Jennifer Loudon did the workshop. Um, but she has this little offering called wild writing. And it's just, I think it's three times a week. She posts a little video. She reads a poem. She gives you a couple of lines from the poem, and then you just write for 15 minutes. Mm. And that has been lovely, you know, cause, because it's at least something. Yes. And, and in the, in between that, in terms of the things going on in my personal life, I try to just capture little pieces as I go along. This is what I did when my dad was sick. So my dad was diagnosed um, with advanced small cell carcinoma in spring of 2019. And he died about a year after that. So I wasn't really writing in earnest during that time, Mm -hmm. but I was taking a lot of notes. And, and then, you know, after the dust settles and after, just moving through a certain period of grief, I was able to take those notes and then start to, to explore more with them in my writing. So I've kind of, I learned a lot through that experience about the importance of just jotting things down. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I have just like random notes all throughout my notebook of things that I want to come back to. I'm not ready to explore. And a lot of that too was with my mom when I was losing her. And you're like, I don't want to forget this. I'm not ready to like dive into it, but I don't want to forget it. Yep. Yep. That's right. I actually started because my notes are like all over the place. (laughs) I took like a box and started just taking like index cards and writing them on them so that I can like pull them out and see them more rather than trying to shuffle through my notebook and find them again. But it's so smart. (laughs) It's important to have that written down because otherwise you do forget. Right. And you don't go back. Yeah, so it. quickly. Even so I can't tell you how many times I'm like, don't forget this, don't forget, don't forget. And then a few days later, I think I can't remember what I was supposed to not forget. <laughs> it's like, what was that thing? I know there was something. Right. <laughs> it was something very important. <laughs> yeah. And when you were talking about like a writing practice, because I think it's hard. I think we put a lot of almost like stress on ourselves to be like, oh, we have to sit down every day or we have to do it for a certain amount of time. And sometimes that's totally unrealistic in life. Mm-hmm, you know, there's mm-hmm. other things that are going on and it doesn't mean that, you know, we're still not wanting to write or 
because I feel like you're still like doing it also in your head, you know, yes. as you're processing thing and you are making mental notes of things too. And I did over the pandemic, I did a weekly writing group where we would get together on Zoom and write. And it's like, I didn't write like the rest of the week, but that Wednesday night when we were together, like, gosh, I got out so much writing. And it was great to just have that group to almost hold you accountable, sort of like you're saying with Lori Wagner, where it's like, because she's providing you these prompts, it's like, oh, now I do have a jumping off point to to start with. And I can, you know, show up here in this moment. And I think it's important for us to find things like that, that can almost push us to hold ourselves accountable in a way. Right. Where, where right. it also doesn't feel like a chore. It's something that we want to do because we're enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And I think it's that, yeah. that community too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially with writing, because I feel like it can feel so isolating. And you're like, oh, I'm just doing this alone by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I know a lot of people want and need uh, that kind of community and accountability. I, I don't tend to be drawn mm. to especially online communities. Um, and that's, I'm not criticizing anything. I think yeah. they're great and amazing and wonderful. Um, but I do, I actually tend to appreciate that it's pretty solitary. Mm-hmm. Um, at least when I'm in the beginning of something or when I'm just like doing the wild writing, um, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Just kind of keeping a lot of it to myself. Mm-hmm. But if I'm, if I'm working on a specific project that I, that I know I will want to share with the world or publish or whatever, then I'm going to want to, to bring some people in and get some feedback. And, but only after I get to a certain point with someone, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, uh-huh. And I've kind of, I've learned to just let it be okay that in these moments where for whatever reason, things in my personal life are kind of occupying most of my brain space, I might not do any writing for two months. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean I'm not a real writer. You know, there's some people who might say, well, if you were a real writer, you would write no matter what, or you would carve out that time or take that 15 minutes and, and they're right you know, they're not wrong. Um, <laughs> but I, I've just had to learn to kind of trust my own flow with yes. all of this. Oh, yes. And not being so hard on ourselves. I right. Feel so often we are like our critics, we're comparing ourselves to other people, we're thinking we have to do it the way that they do, but that doesn't work for us. Right. You have to really find, like you said, trusting your flow, trusting what feels right and good for you to do so that when you are showing up too, you're showing up as your best self too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. When we try to force ourselves into other people's routines or ideas, it just, it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. But I love, I mean, I love that you have a writing group and I, I mean, Lori does the same thing that with the wild writing people, she has a weekly group zoom call. I never join. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I, I love that, that, you know, this is happening all around. And I know a lot of people who are doing it and all that creative energy is such a great thing. So, and maybe, you know, six months from now, I might feel totally differently. I might be like, okay, I need this now for whatever reason. It, and again, that's the other thing. Not, nothing's set in stone. No. It's just different needs at different moments. And 
you know, the people that needed you showed up for you. You you put something out there and and answered the call, you know, that and and then they answered your call. So I feel like if we're putting out what what we feel called to put out and share, then our people are going to show up. Yes. And so that's, I just love that. I always love when that happens. And that's when we're really in tune and authentic to ourselves. Yes. And then they do, they show up because they're drawn to whatever it is that you're doing. And it just goes to show you too, that there is so much space in the world for all of us. 100%. Because like you were saying, they're there are seasons for things, you know, one part of your life, you may be totally into this and the next you shift and into something else, or you need something else. And then you're drawn to different people. And it really shows that you can show up and do exactly what you're doing. Even if you think someone is doing something similar and you can stand in your own light. Yes. Oh, I love the way you say that. I love that so much. Because I think we, we need to remember that too, because I feel like that also stops us from maybe putting some things out there because we think, oh no, you know, I I just can't, no one's going to be attracted to this or there's someone else already sort of doing it, but no, like follow your heart, do what is really right right and true for you. Right. And, and here's the other thing. I mean, when I see your little Instagram posts come up about the work you're doing, uh, like it makes me so happy to see you doing what you're doing in the world. It makes me so happy to see my friends who started their own publishing company. I mean, and that's, that is part of that energetic exchange. And that's where your offerings are, are impacting all kinds of people in, in ways that you don't see, yes. honestly. And mm-hmm. I'm glad I have the opportunity to tell you this, that the work you're doing is so meaningful to me, even though I'm witnessing it from afar in a way, it, it feeds me and it encourages me and it inspires me and it gives me energy to do my work. So for anyone listening, you know, just doing what you want to do in the world and taking care of yourself in the world people around you see that. And and again, it's that ripple of inspiration that, that goes way beyond whatever you're seeing, whatever you think, you know, it, it all, it, it all makes a huge difference. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, so much as that. And thank you so much for, for saying that because it is incredible. And it reminds me of my mom. And when she had passed, feathers became like the symbol of seeing mm-hmm. her. And the way that that happened too is because she had had a sister who had passed away before I was even born. And she had told me years later, we were actually going to a book reading by Susanna Conaway. And I drove with my mama to Brooklyn and like so excited that she was coming because it was something that was really outside of her comfort zone. And on the way home, she shared the story about her sister and how feathers are the symbol when she sees Mm. her. And I was like, man, that was like something I never knew about my mom. What a beautiful moment to have. And then so in her passing, they have become a symbol, you know, that I feel her near whenever I see feathers. But just like from those little things that I have shared in my writing or posting them on Instagram, like people from all over, if they see a feather, they're like, oh my gosh, I thought of your mom. I'm like, you've never never even met my mom. Right. And yet it's like, she's now having this lasting effect. And it's- incredible. It's the smallest of things. And it totally all things we do ripple out into this world. So it really encourages you to like, 
use the positive energy and just spread it out there. 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah, because it's just going and we never, ever know the effect it has. That's right. That's right. I love that so much. <laughs> so much. So thank you for making your magic. Well, thank you because it, but that's what it's about. We all inspire each other and nudge each other to step up into the world a little bit more and follow our hearts and go after what we want to. And we, that's right. We need each other for that, you know, to just in the littlest of ways to keep us pushing along. Right. Where do you find a lot of your inspiration for things that you do in your creative world? It's really just life. That's what it has become about my day-to-day life, day in, day out, the joys, the difficulties, the challenges, whatever it is, I want to create meaning out of it, to, if it's difficult, I want to transform it into something where that teaches me something. It's really, it's it's my daily life. And, and that's really what Notes from the Rocket is about. I mean, every day I would go to my typewriter. Well, almost every day. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's on my mind today? And the note would be about that. So though all those notes came directly from my day-to-day life. They weren't, it wasn't me sitting around going, what do I want to say about beauty today? It, you know, it, it wasn't that broad. It was about the details of what was happening in my life in that moment. Was it a different experience because you were actually typing it on a typewriter? Oh, yes, because of course, if I mess up, I can start over. But I just wanted to have my thought pretty clear in my head before I typed it. So it forced me to pause and just take a moment, take a deep breath. What's going on? What do I want to say? And then if I, you know, made a typo, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it wasn't, if you're on a computer, you can just start typing away and then you can erase the sentence and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So it was different. Yeah. And you can type faster on a computer. I feel like with the typewriter, you really have to intentionally hit each key. To right. Make that oh, I'm such a slow typist <laughs> with a typewriter. Yeah. Fast on the computer, not the typewriter. Yeah. It's so different. And I just love that textile feeling and the sound. Yes. Yes. I love it. I have one typewriter here that needs to be fixed, but I can't wait to get it fixed because it is, there's something about it Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. you can't replicate doing, you know, on a computer. That's right. At all. And I know this is volume one. Do you think there will be a volume two? I think so. I mean, I have plenty of these, of these little notes, so I would love (laughs) to do at least one more. And now that we have the format, I mean, I would be kind of silly not to do it. Yeah, (laughs) because it is such a gift to the world as well. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. How do you organize these little notes after you're done with them, like to put them into this book? So what I did, I had, you know, they were on a typewriter. They were all typewritten. So I had all of these pages with all of the notes. So first I got them all into the computer and then I had this big, huge list And then I said, okay, these, let's say there were 300, there's more than that, but let's just use round numbers out of these 300 notes. I, I think these 220 are the ones I want to consider. Okay. So let's take these 220 out. Then I put them into some loose categories and then 
Then it was just a matter of deciding, okay, which ones do I want to write a little bit more about? Which ones are fine just by themselves? So it was, and I, and I, at one point I had literally cut out each note in its own little tiny strip of paper and they were laid out all across my dining room table. <laughs> so then I could also kind of move them around and go, okay, this one I put in this category, but maybe it belongs over here because this category needs a, a little bit more. So it, because I needed that visual, yes. I could, I could never do all of that organizing on a computer. It would make my brain hurt. Uh, I had to, I had to do it in a very visual tactile way where I could pick up one little piece of paper, move it over to another part of the table. That's how I had to do it. I love that you did that because that's one of the things that is like stopping me from writing a book is thinking like, how do I piece it together in a computer? Like I need to see, I need to see it in front of me and like be able to flip through it and move things around. Mm-hmm. And so it makes me feel better to be like, oh yes, like I, I can do that. Like, why do I think I can't? Like we can make it work whatever way works for us. It doesn't have to yeah. be this technical way of always being on the computer. Oh, yeah, I, I did that. that with Ordinary Sparkling Moments. And I even did it with my memoir mm. where, the, I mean, sir, I'd have a chapter that went, it was on the floor from one end to the room to the other. And then I would read, walk past and read it. And then if I wanted to move a paragraph, I would cut it, literally cut it out and move it. You know, it's just how I had to do it. Yeah. Not, not from the very beginning. This is like in the final, final editing mm-hmm. stages, but I absolutely had to do it that way. Same with ordinary sparkling moments. I laid out that entire book on the floor. Mm. I love that because some people are visual <laughs> like that, you know, and you mm-hmm. have to, to see it in that way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, fabulous. Oh, I can talk to you forever. I know like our time is going so quick, but I would love to have you also back on the podcast to just keep our conversation going because you have been such an inspiration to me since I've met you and you have just encouraged me along the way, like with just little tiny things that just is this encouragement to keep going. And one of the things that I want to mention is like one of my favorite things that you do is anytime I'm trying something new or going to do something, you always ask the question, what can I do for you? Like, how can I help? And I just think that's so powerful because sometimes we might not know the answer to that, but it's so wonderful just to hear that from someone and know that you have that support. And just having that support encourages you to keep going and trying in the world and and figuring it out because it's almost like, oh, I have somebody I can lean back on if I am struggling. And that's an incredible incredible gift. And so I just thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. Mm, You always have my support. And what can I do for you right now? Oh, you've done it all. You've been my first guest, which is just amazing. I've been pretty nervous about having a guest on because now I've been doing this podcast for a little bit over a year and I've been wanting to have guests, but it's like, I don't know, what will that really look like? You know, but when you said yes, I'm like, oh, this is going to be perfect because Mm. it'll just be wonderful to, to have a conversation with you and have you on here. So I am so grateful to have you as my first guest here. Thank you. This has been such a treat. Always a treat to talk to you. Yes, absolutely. And I know there's other aspiring writers who listen to this and who want to put their words out into the world. And I'm just wondering if you have any piece of advice for even people like me who want to do it, but haven't started for the many excuses they built up in their head that are really non-existent, but they're just kind of 
putting up their own roadblocks. Any words of advice that you might want to share? I would say, and this is nothing new, Anne Lamott has written about this a lot, but I'm going to say it again. Be willing to write badly and and put it like I, I really have come to see writing as very similar to sculpture. And I've only taken one sculpture class in my life in college. And let me tell you, it's one of the hardest classes I've taken. I would I would be working on the sculpture. You know, it was a human figure. And I would look at it from one angle and think, oh, that's looking pretty good. And then I would turn it 30 degrees and it looks like a giraffe. I mean, <laughs> it just it was it's that is takes a special skill to be able to work in those three dimensions. But the reason I say it's similar to writing is because for me, if you want to write something, you got to dump it out on, just dump it all out on the table, all of it. Like put the whole lump, messy, clumpy, bumpy, mounds of clay on the table, all of it. Then you're going to start to shape it. You're going to start to pull pieces away. Then you're going to... um, carve it and sharpen it and hone it and shine it and buff it and shape it and do all those things. But first you have to just create this big, messy, dumpy pile of, of mud all, all out. Then you start pulling, pulling the real artwork of art out from that. Yeah. It's not going to be the finished piece that comes out first. Oh my gosh. No. Oh my gosh, no. And why even like put that expectation on ourselves? Right. Totally stunts us. Like allow yourself to be messy. I love the idea of thinking of like clay. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's, that's what I've learned is just get it all out there. Yeah. Such good advice. Cause that's what we need to do is really just pull it out of our heart, pull it out of our head and get it onto the page. Cause then also you have something to work Mm -hmm. with. Otherwise you're just sitting with the blank page, which is so intimidating. Yep. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) You have done so many different creative things from your books to the different retreats that you have hosted. What do you think is in your future creatively? That is a very good question. And it's very much on my mind these days. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably more books. more books, more artwork. I, I'm, it's been a, like a two year period of, of being in my studio kind of in fits and spurts. Um, so I have a whole lot of small series of things and like, here's a series where I was playing with this idea and here's a little series where I was playing with that idea. So I think one of the things I'll probably be doing in the next month or so is sort of pulling all those out and saying, okay, what are the things that are really moving me? What are the ideas that are, I want to pursue further? How could I bring different ideas together and, and then maybe start to start to set my sights on a body of work Mm. in addition to continuing to work on some book ideas yeah, it's, uh, I don't know at the moment, but more, more of 
more of everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how like you're pulling on what you've already done. Mm-hmm. Because we always think like, oh, maybe we have to start something fresh and new. But like every day we're creating in our own little ways and we could pull on right. that stuff and put it together and make it into something. Right. It doesn't have to be like this fresh new thing. It's right. Like, like how you were saying how what really inspires you is your everyday life. And it's that it's leaning into what is around you, what you, mm-hmm. what you do naturally and normally, because that's, that is your thing. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid, like always being drawn to words, but never would consider myself a writer. And it wasn't until like much later, I was like, wait a minute, like this is my thing. Mm-hmm. And just because it comes like naturally, I thought it had to be something hard, right? That I had to like suffer through it. Uh, but I'm like, yeah. no, I really enjoy it. This is totally my thing. It doesn't have to be hard. Like, right. And it's that joy that, that people are drawn to. Yeah. Because it naturally comes out when you're just following your own heart. Yep. 100%. So wonderful. Where can people find you if they want to know more about you? On my website, which is christinemasonmiller.com and Instagram. That's about it. I'm not on any other social media. (laughs) Instagram is it. (laughs) And I know you have a limited number of your Notes from the Rocket book left. Yes. Yes. I'm down to like 25 copies. Mm, so everyone, if you want one, go and get it quick because it is such such a gift. And if you wouldn't mind, because I do have my copy here, I would love to just open up to a random page. And I would love that. Up because it just feels this is how I do it in the morning. And I would love to do it here with you. Oh, so what do we need to hear? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so perfect. It begins and ends with gratitude. While experiences are sorted as your day unfolds, good, bad, messy, fun, Gratitude sits like a lone monk on a mountaintop, patient in the face of your judgments. It offers no conclusion or assessment. It does not measure or grade, neither smug nor pretentious. Gratitude receives whatever you lay at its feet. A lunch date with a friend, an argument with your spouse, the rainstorm, the promotion, the robin outside your window, the first flutter of your lashes in the morning, your last deep breath at night. Mm. So perfect. <laughs> oh, Christine, thank you so much for joining mm. me here on the podcast and sharing your book and just shining your light in the world the way that you do. Mm. So Likewise, grateful for you. my friend. Likewise. Thank you so much. This was a gift. Great way to start my day. Oh, I am so glad. And I just wish you, you know, so much joy as you keep stepping into your days and noticing those little tiny moments as you as you do because it is just part of who you are thank you so so much thank you honey thank you so much for joining me for this very special episode of the soul circle podcast and it is my intention that this is just the beginning of having many more guests on because i really love having the opportunity to chat with others and learn and if there is any guest anyone that you think I should talk to, even if it's you, please reach out because I would love to do more of this. And again, thank you for being here and come on over to the Soul Circle community. Visit Christine's site. You can find her link below in the show notes and also grab her book because it really is a truly special, amazing gift. And it is just really perfect 
to open up to any page and enjoy and be inspired. You won't regret it. All right, until next week, wishing you a wonderful week and we'll talk soon.